0: This episode of the Quick Pop Podcast is fueled by Balls Garana Soda. Balls Garana is a highly caffeinated premium soda that is infused with the natural Garana Berry for an incredible taste and a super caffeinated kick. Balls has fueled the days and nights of gamers and wrestling fans alike for over 25 years. Balls Garana is available in seven amazing flavors, including Ball's original soda, cherry, root beer, orange, ginger ale, Cherry Cola, and Balls Zero Sugar. Flavors are offered in the iconic 10 ounce Bumpy Bottle or the sleek 16 ounce can. For a limited time, Balls will offer listeners free shipping on your next order when you purchase at www.balls.com. Use code QUICKPOP at checkout to receive free shipping on your order. Hi, before we begin this week's
1: podcast, we would like to take this time to commemorate, cherish, and remember those that we had lost this previous week in wrestling. We remember Terrence Funk, also known as WWE Hall of Famer and hardcore legend Terry Funk. Funk was a huge influence on the hardcore wrestling that we see today, as well as the epitome of longevity in the wrestling world. He is a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, ECW World Heavyweight Champion, WWF World Tag Team Champion, as well as PWI's Wrestler of the Year in 1976. Funk was 79. We remember Robert William Barker, known worldwide as Bob Barker, host of CBS's hit television game show, The Price is Right, from 1972 to 2007. As a mainstream icon in television, Barker had numerous cameos and appearances in other forms of media, as well as crossing over to the world of sports entertainment. As the guest host of WWE Monday Night Raw on September 9th, 2009, which led to a small one-off tiff uh, with Chris Jericho, as well as delivering a chop to Chavo Guerrero, Barker was 99. We remember Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda also known as WWE Superstar Bray Wyatt. Rotunda was most known for his eclectic creativity when it came to his wrestling work spanning from the Bayou cult leader Bray Wyatt to the demonic entity The Fiend, alongside a cast of characters, notably the Mr. Rogers Pee Wee Herman-esque television host of the Firefly Funhouse. Rotunda is a former WWE Champion WWE Universal Champion, WWE Raw, and WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champion, FCW Tag Team Champion, and WWE's Male Wrestler of the Year in 2019. Rotunda is survived by his father, WWE legend Mike Rotunda, also known as Irwin R. Schyster, his brother Taylor Michael Rotunda, also known as Bo Dallas, Along with his partner Hosanne Offerman, also known as WWE ring announcer JoJo, and his four children. Rotunda was thirty six. And this is the quick pop podcast. What a what a week in wrestling, eh? This 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 week
2: in wrestling to me is highest highs, lowest lows. Yeah. Um, I know we'll get into it here in a minute, but you know, all in was the first event that wasn't WWE to have 80,000 to a stadium, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Right. So a huge weekend to look forward to a huge weekend. It was in wrestling, but then going into it, you lose Terry Funk. Um, a legend, uh trailblazer, um, to quote John Moxley, Terry Funk effing rules.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and then it's followed up by Bray Wyatt. The, I, I don't know what else to say. The dude was younger than me.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, we're both of us are really young individuals. Like he's, he's only a year older than me and, yeah. Yeah, it's
2: it's the Bray Wyatt one's heartbreaking, and it kind of uh, hits you out of nowhere because you knew he was battling illnesses, but everything was saying he was getting ready for in ring return. So everything was basically being like, "Hey, he's out of the woods. He's good. He he just has to train to get back." You know, right? Um, and then also Bob Barker that I don't hear. If you're my age or younger, if you were ever sick a day in your life at school, the medication, the mother's milk, the 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 nectar of the gods, the manna you ingested to make you feel better, was watching prices right.
1: Right. Um, yeah. And the thing is that, like, I did like a little bit of research um, on Bob Barker's impact on uh, wrestling, and it turns out, like. This was a time where WWE had guest hosts for Raw, and yes. they tried to like go more mainstream, bring in mainstream talent, and a lot of them, uh, a lot of them, it was like throwing throwing stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Bob Barker stuck. Yes. Uh,
2: did, did you watch the episode, or have you seen the episode?
1: I I only watched clips of it um the other day.
2: I will always, because I listen, that era of We're All, I watched. Yeah. But I, I am not a fan of oversaturation of celebrities in wrestling. Right. But there was a few hosts that when they announced them, hey, next week, this person's hosting, that was like, okay, that'll be good. And Bob Barker was one of them. And it didn't disappoint with him, with Jericho yelling about, like, he didn't go over. He said this price and used it wrong. And Bob Barker's like, is he pouting? Oh, is
0: Chris pouting?
2: (laughs) And you have this, like, 200-something pound Chris Jericho next to this, like, skinny elder man and he is still just like talking that ish to Chris. Yeah, and, and, and th- this was so after great. a
1: point where he actually retired from uh Price is yes. Right. Drew Carey yeah, I took it, over. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it was like it was the year Drew Carey took over. Um so like Bob Barker is just like fresh off Price is Right. Right. Um but yeah, no, it was it was it was a pretty funny segment.
1: Uh I mean, and also yeah. he he's affected our podcast. Um when when it came to the pick'ems because for a while our tiebreaker was predicting the time of the main event without going over. And we always called it prices right rules.
2: Yeah, you always call that price is right rules. Yeah.
1: And so yeah. so he was he was a part of uh the quick pop podcast as well, which also, by the way, congrats. Uh on your um on your championship win um on Sunday.
2: Okay, normally you would get a huge boasterous speech for me but this is right now we're in a somber area of the podcast so i feel that it would be rude of me to say i'm the first quick pop champion that wins an event in london i should be knighted and i think i am now king of the podcast
1: wait are you are you the first
2: to win in london yes oh
1: but okay but like overseas like i think yeah, yeah. someone else won uh Clash at the castle, but yeah, no,
2: but I'm the first one to do it. in London, there you go.
1: Uh, You can call me Prince. Wait, 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 wait.
2: Wasn't call me the king of the podcast. Wasn't crown me.
1: Wasn't Money in the Bank in London? Let's see who won Money in the Bank. The Quick Pop Podcast
2: doesn't uh, recognize that Uh, Money in the Bank did not have eighty thousand people, so therefore it was not as big of a deal. For the listen, 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 the king got involved backstage saying hi to Kony Khan or something. Like, the king was there, like, so yeah, it's a bigger deal. I'm making all this up.
1: Oh! You... Okay, so you... Okay, I'll admit, yeah, you won in London. You should be knighted. You you should be knighted. Okay, but where's the butt? Where's the butt? I'm the one that gets to knight you, because I did it first.
2: That's fine. That's fine. That's
1: fine, Ron. Yeah, but Nightmare. that's okay. It, it's it's the passing. Nightmare. It's the passing of the belt. It's the passing of the belt. Okay, fine, Ron.
2: I'll say this: I'm the first one to pick an event that had eighty thousand people. How's that? How's that?
1: Take it, take it. That's that's great. I, I wish I wish it was me, but I, I got one of the picks wrong, which we will cover uh, will the go. latter half of this uh, podcast. But uh, yeah, just. Yeah, Bob Barker was a part of our pick'em uh, for a good while until I yes. think it was like a a Ronda Rousey match. That, of course, it, it's always a Ronda Rousey match that kind of ruins everything,
2: isn't it? Though,
1: yeah. But yeah. So Bob Barker hit Terry Funk. Also, like, like the thing with Terry Funk is that he was old. He was suffering from dementia. Uh, he had he had lived his life and. It's still, yeah, it sucks because, you know, we did lose a legend that was pivotal in changing the landscape of how we see wrestling into a more hardcore style. Like whenever you think of hardcore, three names right now, like three or four names generally pop up in your head, both modern and um, modern and uh, the past. So you always talk about Mick Foley, you always talk about Terry Funk and then of our newer generation Nick Gage and John Moxley. I would say. Yeah. But like those are the most common names and for Terry Funk to, you know, trailblaze without without Terry Funk there was probably no no Mick Foley, no John and no Nick. I mean, you uh, can even put I, Onita I in there. there. Put Onita in the top five. So. Listen, like,
2: <clears throat> I mean, there's a reason that Terry Funk is looked at from Mick Foley as one of the best of all time. Right. Um, every crazy thing you've seen Foley done, he, uh, he either did it first or Foley was inspired by him to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Terry Funk... I mean, like, I said it earlier, and it's it's the right word, trailblazer. There are a few people... There are people that they are like, oh, they blazed trails, meaning like, oh, they were really popular, and oh, they were in a bunch of hot angles. Yeah, Terry Funk is one of those names that saying the word trailblazer really defines his wrestling career right and ha- like dude him and Foley like did that awesome Japanese death match. him and Foley you, you can basically if, if you think about it ECW might as well be because of Terry Funk Mick Foley Japanese death match, right because that m- match got on tapes circulated around got in this country and everyone's like oh holy crap what where is this happening where can I actually see do I have to go to Japan was there a way to see it here and that's what in my opinion Paul Heyman tapped into. I'm not saying that that is the only reason ECW exists, but that is what Paul Heyman tapped into is the American audience wanting to see that type of violence in yeah. the state.
1: Right. Um but yeah, it was it, it was it was rough hearing about Terry Funk, but I think uh we all agree about um Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was Kind of really out of like, it it was in the same vein as Brody Lee. Like you knew that there, like there was some sort of sickness. There's a reason why they were off TV, but you also had high hopes. Like oh, they're just gonna get better and they're gonna come back. And there were reports about Bray like coming back, and then you. So I watched um, being the elite yesterday. And it sucked for these wrestlers that flew out to London because they found out on the the plane right there that um, one of their own had uh, passed away. Um, And I know that he was very close to a lot of people in that AEW locker room and uh, as well as a lot of people in. Did you watch uh, SmackDown? I did. It was a good show
2: uh it was a very good show the the final shot was
1: oh so chilling it was so chilling yeah
2: yeah it really was it really really was but it was it was it was a very good show yeah um i haven't watched all of i haven't watched raw from monday but i have seen highlights of how they continued doing stuff for bray which i thought was nice yeah
1: um so when it came to Bray Wyatt, because he was, like, one of the unknowns from the Nexus. He was a Husky Harris. Husky, yeah,
2: Husky Harris. Yeah. Husky Harris. He was one of the unknowns from the Nexus, and he also was one of the original members of Legacy with Randy Orton. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's just, the dude, the dude was 36, man.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the part that just... It, it is crazy. That's the part that's crazy.
1: And it, like, so he had been having, I, I guess, with some of the reports that have been coming out, he had been getting uh, ventricle issues in his heart. Yeah. And so they had actually suggested that you know he get like a def- a defib. And um, I guess during the nine one one call because uh, JoJo was the one that found him. Uh, blew in bed, and he actually did have a defibrillator, but it was in his vehicle. Um, and he, and like you said, he was supposed to come back and he was supposed to have shows, and uh, he had caught COVID, and that complicated everything. And unfortunately, uh, we lost a very, very creative mind. Um, way too, way too early in in their career. Like, he he was in his prime, and it yeah it sucks because literally there is almost no one like Bray Wyatt.
2: I agree with that because here is the thing: is even though the uh, what was the lights out match the the Mountain Dew Dark match or whatever yeah 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 like, even though like. We've talked about this. We weren't a fan of that, no. right? And we thought his storyline was going a little off the rails at that time.
1: We also said that WWE failed Bray Wyatt.
2: Oh yes, and I—that's what I was about to get at—is that was never a shot at Bray. No, that was a shot at we feel that like WWE was trying to do something because that, that listen, I, you can't tell me oh Bray Wyatt pitched a Mountain Dew Dark Match. No, that was WWE trying to get. Cross promotion and stuff, and they used it through him, right? But also, like, I still wanted to see what else he could do because, not like I said, I'm not gonna lie. Sit here and lie and say everything he did hit, but a lot did, and the stuff that did was just so out of the box and different. Yeah, it was magical. It was just it was different, and it was making whatever show he was on feel different. And that's the thing about Bray is Bray was bringing something different to wrestling. Like, it, it was still wrestling. It felt familiar. But it was just something new and different and didn't feel recycled at all. Because even some of the stuff that we like that happens in wrestling, if you really think about it, you're like, ah, they're doing a variation of this, yeah. right?
1: Um, you could get but, close to saying that that was Bray Wyatt at first. Um, yes. But – the way the way I kinda describe it is that he turned Vince McMahon on to like the Campy B movies. Like Yeah, yeah. He he turned him on to that. And then when it was time for him to, I guess, reinvent, he turned him on to a whole different side of the horror genre. And he was like, if you're willing to bet the bet the barn on it then go right on ahead it really
2: felt like what he did is he watched lucha underground saw the cinematic um backstage segments they were doing Mm -hmm. and and he was like i love horror movies why don't (laughs) i take 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 the idea of backstage like cinematic segments someone saw kill shot in
1: a.r fox (laughs)
2: that's right. And then he was like, he's like, like, I want to do a horror version of that. And I want to just basically bring all the horror movies I like or ideas I have for horror movies and make that wrestling.
1: Yeah. No, it was like the way it was done was brilliant. And even like on his return back after he was fired by the WWE, the white rabbit, that was like, you, you watched every single piece of WWE live content just to get a hint of w- yeah what the white rabbit was and it, mm-hmm. and then you saw reports from live shows where they would like play the play the song and then do the lights and there was so much hype
2: yeah it, it was it was uh, yeah it was great it was so di- it was such a different way to get people invested because whether it was him I mean it was probably partly him but whoever was doing it with him, Um, It was a way to get social media involved in his hype without having to have segments on the show. Right. And it was so, so good. It was genius. Yes, it was so good. I mean, even back to his NXT days with the rocking chair and the lantern and the Wyatt family and, like, the swamp cult. It
1: was just... Oh, that was one thing. I did not know uh, Summer Rae was actually supposed to be part of the Wyatt family.
2: I heard that as well, and I didn't know that either. She was, I think, originally supposed to be Sister Abigail, was it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, that's, it's so interesting that now knowing that she was going to be Sister Abigail, and then later, like, when they were adding Alexis. They were trying to add her to be Sister Abigail, so it's like it's it's funny that through his whole run, it's like Bray kept trying to be like, "Hey, let's make this person Sister Abigail," and it never worked out. I mean, there was even trying to get that Sister
1: Abigail. There was even thoughts of Paige being Sister Abigail at one point. I
2: yes, I remember that as well. Yeah, so like
1: the dude brought people in. Like you think about the names that he brought in. Uh, You had. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, they obviously, they were like tag team champions. You yep. had Braun Strowman, who in his own became a universal champion. Yep. Uh, also tag team champion with Nicholas. Uh yep. little Nick. And then you have Alexa Bliss who, in in her own right, like, she she deserves her flowers. He knew what people he wanted to bring in. Uh, you think about, um... The match that he had in the cage bray wyatt versus daniel bryan where he was trying to indoctrinate daniel bryan Mm -hmm. and that was the first that was literally the first time those yes chants became so deafening yeah um also also
2: just uh, aside but his match against daniel bryan early that year at the royal rumble like it stole the entire show like he wasn't just a character he had really good matches right
1: right oh um, Wyatt family versus the Shield, dude uh, like for Battleground.
2: Yeah, that was that is, was pretty much one of the best wrestling matches that year.
1: Yeah, like in in the United States, you barely get trios matches like that, and that like because I remember perfect.
2: after I remember after that match happened because like you said, having at Battleground going into Mania, and everyone was like, "Why? Why was this not at WrestleMania? Right. Why, why did we do this before WrestleMania?"
0: Right.
1: Um, but then after Bray Wyatt, like, left kind of like the cult leader, uh, shtick behind, uh, he was groomed to be, uh, the next face of fear, uh, with the Undertaker. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of wild. Like, I had kind of hoped that the torch would pass during that moment, but, uh, he, he lost to the Undertaker at, was it WrestleMania 31? I uh, one two no yeah. no two is yeah 31 31 you're right um because 32 was dallas right where he had uh the match with uh the rock
2: Th- 32 uh, no 32 was dallas no mind you're right okay
1: um but yeah he he was supposed to be the new face of fear but it didn't really happen um but when he came out at, like when he started doing like the firefly funhouse stuff We're like, okay, again, this is different. This is weird. This is creative. And the thing is, he always played an homage to what had inspired him or uh, homage to what he once was. With all those callbacks to, like, uh, Husky Harris to uh, Waylon uh, uh, Waylon Mercy. Um, Yeah, it's just... It was so crazy how he was able to intersect and interweave all of these different aspects of his life and uh, of things that had inspired him into this crazy character that was essentially Mr. Rogers. But adding that glimpse of there is a very dark and sinister thing. So I'm a huge fan of analog horror. I'm a huge fan of internet story and immersion and all that. The fiend character was basically watching an analog horror story come to life for me. And it was, it was insane. And that first appearance of seeing the fiend with like the mask was, was hideous. And this is the guy that does like all the horror masks. He does the masks for, For fucking Slipknot, yeah,
2: Um, he he does the mask for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people.
1: And just that first match where he comes out and he snaps Finn Balor's neck, I was like, okay, they're they're doing something with this, and I'm glad that you know he was able to actually you know get the get the belt as uh, the Fiend. But I think the greatest Fiend. match was you gotta thank the Panini that COVID era uh, the COVID era of uh, wrestling where he had that cinematic match, the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena
2: yeah, no, it was it was awesome it was just Everything about it was beautiful, and I understand some people now looking back are like, oh, I hate cinematic matches. Dude, that WrestleMania where Undertaker and AJ and then The Fiend and Asina was so much fun. And The Fiend and Cena, to me,
1: was more enjoyable.
2: Yeah. There were... Because it, it didn't even try to be a match. It was just an acid trip of wrestling.
1: Right, right. It was basically like you went through a warped flashback. Like you you went back in time the Delorean, but it wasn't a Delorean it was like a pinto that you traveled back in time in, and so the past wasn't what you thought it was. I mean, we got the muscle man dance we got Cena just like pumping his arms like repeatedly uh you saw n w o um and then of course the 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 thing that was going around at that time was John moxley was i think he did a uh, Podcast. I want to say with Chris Jericho, where uh, John was, I guess, disagreeing with something that Vince McMahon was wanting, and Vince McMahon was reportedly saying, "Oh, that's such good shit." Uh, and so they added it to the Firefly Funhouse match, and I popped so hard for it. Uh <laughs> um, oh, no!
2: Like the Vince puppet. The Vince was puppet. puppet. Yeah, yeah, my favorite yeah. puppet.
1: Where he just goes, that's
2: such good shit. <laughs> yeah, like that's. I think that's all he ever said mainly. Yeah, like he, he may have said a few other words, but everything ended with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that was my favorite puppet of his. That no. was no. so Bray, great.
1: Bray had a finger on the pulse the entire time. Yeah, and then. After he got fired, while still trips me out to this day, he got fired while still making the most merch sales, topping both Roman Reigns and John Cena, and he he still got fired. Um, when he came back with the White Rabbit and what we had thought was going to be, uh, the storyline of the Wyndham Six. Um, yeah. There was just... There's so much hype. Uh, there's always been hype around Bray Wyatt. And even there was that one moment... Um, I think it was on like a Raw or SmackDown... Where the Undertaker was there... And Bray Wyatt appeared... And Undertaker was like... Alright, you got this. Like, you're you're the guy. Like, finally having that... Passing of the Torch moment from Taker. Like... I'm glad he got to experience those things. I'm glad that he started to work with his brother again because we were we were thinking that uh, Uncle Howdy was actually Bo Dallas
2: yeah uh, I mean it was Bo Dallas uh, wasn't yeah.
1: it? I I, I want to say so I, I don't think it's been like stated anywhere but it wouldn't like it would make it, it wouldn't make sense if it wasn't Bo Dallas 'Cause Bo Dallas is yeah. still a part of the WWE.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty certain that he
1: uh How did Bo so Dallas fun. stay and not Bray? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Just, just thinking out loud. But yeah, no. And this was all in a small span of time. Like people start wrestling like probably very early on, especially like being a third generation wrestler. Like, wrestling was a part of his life, like, possibly from day one. This man still had, like, 20, 30 years left of his career. He literally could have been the next Undertaker.
2: And should have been. He should have been. He And should have been. And should have been. It just all the stories you're now hearing of like the nice things he would do to people like, uh, raw last night was in Memphis. I didn't get a chance to go, but Mm -hmm. of course I knew some people that did, they recorded at once they want the air. And Becky told this really nice story of the first time she was ever going to be in a tables match. And like, she didn't know like how to do a tables match and stuff like that. And apparently Bray just walked up to her and was like, Hey, do you need, do you you need assistance? And she said, yeah. And he just put her arm around her and walked her to the ring and kind of talked her through, like the psych- the psychology standpoints of a tables match and like hey you should try to do this try to you know f- do a bunch of fake table spots and stuff like that and basically just walked her through this is what you need to do and just and just helped her out and he didn't have to do that
1: yeah uh, um i did notice that uh seth also has a couple of sto- I think it's like heartbreaking. Some of the some of the videos that came out, especially from Alexa and Seth, um, yeah. who were very very impacted by uh, Bray's sudden departure. Um, Seth had the fiend uh, plates on his belt. I, I saw that. Yeah. yeah,
2: he he changed his plates to to fiend plates.
1: Yeah, like it, we're gonna be seeing this for. Uh, oh, and uh, apparently there were Uncle Howdy like merchandise and whatnot, like strewn across like backstage segments and whatnot. So I think they're still That's gonna scary. they're they're definitely gonna continue to honor Bray because Bray Bray honestly was a lot more, and yeah. the fact that his life was cut short is really really sad.
2: I'm also really glad to hear that they're doing the thing AEW did with Brody which is all uh, merchan- uh Bray merchandise mm-hmm. from here on out all pro- all everything you buy goes to his family. Right. Um and I think that that's really a cool thing to do. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad to hear they're doing something like that.
1: Yeah. Um gosh like it's seeing yeah, it's... seeing that in like a uh, text I think I just got back from doing something um and I was like I was having like a really hard day that day um oh, not, not bad no 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 it's okay uh because like life happens life happens and things just take a turn and one thing I, I will say is like I usually you know come to like the quick pop podcast like chat that we have and it's like okay let's we're here to lighten things up we're here to have a party and, you know, we just talked about Terry Funk passing away and it's like, you know, that's that's sad but, I mean, that's also life Um, Bray passing was sad but it's a completely different it's a completely different beast because yeah, way too young incredibly young and we just, yeah. I, I guess we just hope that, you know, we, one, we hope that no one ever dies ever, ever again. Um, but this is definitely the moment where, you know, just give your flowers. Yeah. But, uh, you give your flowers. uh I know, I know that we had, um, we We went into this podcast uh wanting to talk about all in and we will talk about all in um but we also wanted to make sure that we we had talked about how important bray was to not only us but to the rest of the wrestling world, yeah. so yeah, no, definitely like good job bray, <laughs> good job yeah,
2: yeah bray you. You made everyone that was a wrestling fan entertained. You made us proud to be a wrestling fan, and you were awesome,
1: dude. That even reminds me, like, so of course I do like the anime art circuits and whatnot. There are some people, there are some like people that are like fans of me that like had messaged me, and they were like Bray is the reason why, why I got into wrestling, and I'm like, dang. Like, and and they're not, like, wrestling fans, but they were Bray fans. Yeah. Like... I know what you mean. Because, yeah, I got, like, maybe three messages like that. And it was just like, dang, that's wild. That's so wild. That's so Raven. (laughs) That's so Raven. But speaking of Ravens, uh, you know that uh, the NFL is starting, and um, the Baltimore Ravens are part of the NFL. And you know who else is part of the NFL? Um, The Jacksonville Jaguars. You know who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars? Shad Khan. You know who Shad Khan is? Uh, He's the father of Tony Khan. You know what Tony Khan does? He takes care of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but also takes care of Fulham FC, which uh, which is a soccer team. But in... In uh, Europe, they call it football, uh, so that you know still ties to the football thing. And you know what's a really great football stadium? Wembley Stadium. And you know what happened at Wembley Stadium? All in. There we go.
2: <laughs> There's this... Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the longest segue in quick pop history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. No, no. I'm with you. Okay. Let's let's shake off all this sadness. Everyone, we've had some somber tones. Let's talk about Sunday afternoon. Let's talk about 81,000 plus.
1: Let's talk all in. 81,000 the biggest wrestling event of all time now. Uh paid yeah. paid attendance. Yeah, yeah. Yes, paid attendance. Yes, okay. And for any of
2: you internet dorks out there that's like, oh, there's a show in North Korea that had more people, listen to every word we're saying and every word people are typing. The largest paid crowd. North Korea makes you go to stuff. Yeah. Yes, North Korea had more people. Those people had a gun to the back of their head that said, go to this wrestling show.
1: Yeah. North Korea it's like, like it's yes Kim, Kim Jong Un is no seriously the, like is the champion of the world apparently but whatever that's right that's right yeah uh,
2: but no like i want to say i i know we're about to get into this and we'll hit our favorite matches and everything else um i want to say this going into the show and watching it there was like this era of just like fun and excitement for me Because I've been watching wrestling forever. No other company outside of WWE has ever done a show this big. And I think like wrestling fans are getting lost in the tribalism of like fighting over it to realize how big of a deal this is. I don't care if it's in the UK, I don't care if it's in Australia, I don't care if it's in Antarctica. The fact that they pulled over 80,000 people to a wrestling show that does not have a WWE logo on it, that is an amazing feat.
1: Right. And, and no, one, no one should discredit deal. it. No one should discredit yeah. it. If no. you say, oh, well, WWE did that before. No, they didn't. Yeah. No, they did and here's not. The, here's well, the thing. WrestleMania 3. was like, yeah, yeah and here, sure. And
2: here's the thing. If WWE decides to do Wembley Stadium here in a year or two, and they do like... 83 or 84,000 people good on them but here's the thing the fact that another company besides them can do a show like this anywhere in the world
1: dude that's fucking awesome yeah it was possible the fact that it was possible and they did it like give give WWE their due they know how to market but yeah. we this weekend we specifically saw a a renegade uh, wrestling promotion that existed from a dare do the best the, the largest paid attendance of all time of all of wrestling beating WWE beating North Korea beating like Japan beating everything out of the water come on, there's there's no need for tribalism here. AEW did a good good, and, here's, every, here's the, and everyone's going to profit off of that. Yes, here's the thing. You don't
2: have to like AEW to say that this is very good for the wrestling world. Right. Um, you can be like, oh, I don't like how he books, I don't like this. That's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to like the product to admit that this is awesome. It'd be this, like I said, if WWE goes to Wembley here in like three years and pulls eighty three, eighty four thousand, 84,000, they could good. be at the point where I don't like their product. But that's a good thing. Yeah. Because it means that people are watching wrestling. It means there's money in wrestling. It means that there is more chances for televised wrestling.
1: And that is what I want. I mean, the fact that all in alone, happened in london where it like essentially we get it there has been a huge drought in london uh, in in the uk for shows um and that's why we saw clash of the castle in cardiff that's why we saw money in the bank in london um but aew was smart enough to be like you know what let's give you let's give you the wrestlemania that you you've always been hoping and dreaming and wishing about and they did it they and they did it they they capitalized and they didn't treat it just like a regular show no this no this had wrestlemania written all over it from beginning of the card to the end of the card this was wrestlemania
2: see i agree there are some people now coming out like eric bischoff that's saying like oh it's just an indie show on steroids and i'm like i disagree there was pomp there was circumstance now listen is there does wrestlemania have more pomp and circumstance yes because we're about to hit 40. They've done 40 of them. This is, this is if you want to get technical, this is their second, if you want to count the first all-in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, of course the second all-in isn't going to have the same pomp and circumstance as WrestleMania 40. But I thought it felt like a WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, and it was a better WrestleMania because there was no Pitbull and there was no Florida. Preach! But, yeah, no, loved it. This was WrestleMania. I was talking to my partner because we were watching it like late because uh, we, I think we were out of town or something at that moment. Um, But I turned to her and I said, this is WrestleMania. This is the new WrestleMania. I love this. And she was like, "It. the place looks huge and packed. I'm like, yeah. And one day I want to go to this. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um but yeah, no um you wanna like just glimpse over the card because of course there's there's some stuff that we had to talk about with all in. Uh yeah, there is. Yeah. Okay. So let let's let's start from the pre-show real quick. MJF and Adam Cole defeat Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship.
2: I was I'm not gonna say surprised surprised. because (laughs) I did think that there was a situation where they would do this Mm -hmm. but still after they hit that double clothesline and went for the pin I saw like the other member of Ozzy Open was like outside the ring nowhere near coming in I was like they just won
1: yeah
2: and I I said not shocked but a little surprised a little surprised Yeah. Adam Cole gets the one ring of honor title he has never held
1: yeah so now Adam Cole is like ring of honor champion of the world (laughs) That's right Yeah. Now we do have to talk about this next one And this will probably get into more detail Even though it sounds like This is all Like it's an open and shut case No it is not
2: I agree Oh I can't wait I I, Hook
1: defeats Jack Perry For the FTW World Championship he but that's that, yeah. but but that's that's not where all, that's not all we're gonna talk about.
2: Before we uh, go any further, I do want to say one thing. Yeah, go for It
1: was actually a good match.
2: Yeah, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed um, it. Um so Jack Perry to me here lately, I've been saying this to a lot of people that like I feel he is early two thousands Randy Orton, where he is hit and miss to me. Mm-hmm. He... If he's really invested in a storyline, uh, the matches are awesome. But you can tell when he phones stuff in, mm-hmm.
1: um,
2: and this was not one of those times. And Hook looked like a star.
1: Yeah. No, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Hook was able to make the trip to uh, to London for that one. But uh, of course, obviously, we there's one thing that we're going to talk about, and we're probably going to gloss over it uh, later on. Um, there was a spot. Uh with I believe Jack Perry's limo or it was like yeah, a car.
2: Yeah, it's it's what drove him to the ring. So we'll yeah. say limo FTV, whatever. Yeah.
1: So Jack Perry, he pats on the windshield and he said I think he said something to the likes of what do we have here? Real glass, Crimea River, and then uh Hook decides to put Jack Perry through glass. Real glass. Justin Timberlake. Cry a river. Out of context. Out of context. Yeah, no one knew not, what that was. Like, oh, okay. So he's just telling us that a move is going to be dangerous. All right. I get it. Cool. D- thanks, thanks uh, Jack. But... Yeah, like,
2: you know, honestly, at the time, it felt like a weird statement, because I'm like, what? why Why are you seeing real glass?
1: Yeah, but because we are completely and totally immersed with everything about wrestling, that was a shot. That was a shoot.
2: And who was it a shot at, uh, Ron? Uh,
1: That was uh, Cornelius Mathers Punk.
2: I like the Cornelius Mathers.
1: I I, I almost could have went Corey Matthews. Because, you know, Boy Meets you World, should, but...
2: You should have went Corey
1: Matthews I should have went, because, yeah. In
2: fact, that's my go-to now, it's Corey, Corey Matthews. Matthews Punk. <laughs> it's Corey Matthews Punk all day, baby.
1: Yeah, so, uh... Reports were saying that... you know You know what? Let's talk about this later. Let's talk about this later.
2: You want to wait for
1: it? Let's wait for it. You want to wait for it? Because I think, uh... Yeah, I think we need to get, we need to get we need to get through the all in card. We're just going to say, yeah, no, it was a shot at CM Punk. We'll talk about CM Punk later because uh punk <laughs> and then punk happened, right? Uh,
2: I'll, I'll say yes, but it's more nuanced, but yes.
1: Yeah, no, no, definitely more nuanced, but here we go. Uh match to start the all in card. CM Punk defeats Samoa Joe. Uh, retaining the real world championship uh, the real world back to New York season 10 uh, Mike the Miz Mizanin championship that was a really good match it uh, definitely I... isn't like a ring of honor match that we like are that we associate Punk and Joe with but some of the spots in there like the Hogan yeah. spots the John Cena spots it was it was a fun match. It was a fun match to start the show. Uh,
2: I actually loved this match. It was I, great. Yeah, I was looking for that Pepsi plunge the entire match. Yeah. Um, the yeah. spot where Smojo caught CM Punk outside the ring knocked him through the bottom of the announce table. And it broke. And, and it broke and then flipped him off. At that moment, in the moment where he did his, uh, you know... Step out of the side and yeah. Yeah, CM Punk fly to his um, both those spots. I looked at uh the people watching it with me. I said, Did is CM Punk the I oh, was sorry, is Samoa Joe the coolest guy in wrestling right now? Because yes. like everything about that match made him feel destructive and like a badass. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was honestly a great match. Uh one of my favorite uh signs from this match, because I paid attention to some of the signs. Uh, there was a sign that said, um, "Pepsi is a soft drink."
2: That was a good one. I know you saw the one near ringside.
1: Uh, uh, best in the world at being a bitch. Yes. Yeah, I saw that one. That's the one. Yeah. No, I like that one's just blatant. But the Pepsi is a soft drink. Is is like that one popped me. That one was funny. Oh, that one was great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, CM Punk went on first, defeats Samojo, and Real World Championship. He still has it. There we go. And what went on second? Bullet, bu- let's let's change it. The Bang Bang Gang. <laughs> I-, I love saying Bang Bang Gang. Oh, do you, Ron? Yeah, no, do, no, yeah. no one listening listens to this podcast would have guessed that. Bang Bang Gang. Uh, the Bang Bang Gang, Antakeshta defeat the Golden Elite. And they did it with a roll-up. Uh, I yeah. I loved how they took the air out of the place. It was a good match. Yes, it was. It was a very good match. But I loved that they decided to have Takeshita take the pin through a roll-up and completely taking like the air out of Wembley Stadium, and also mm-hmm. on top of that, Takesta has like big, big heat. And we thought he was going to have big, big heat before because obviously Don Callis is is a carny piece of shit. Um, having Takeshita do that, I'm so excited for the eventual like singles match Takesta versus uh, Omega.
2: Yeah, I, I believe they announced afterwards it's happening at uh, All
1: Out Chicago. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, good, 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 so, good. So this weekend. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, we're spoiled on wrestling right now. We are so spoiled on wrestling yeah. right now. But, no, great match. Great match, great, no, match. It, great match. Yeah, yeah,
2: great match. It was a fun six-man tag match. Yeah. It was a lot of fun spots. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, fantastic. Uh-huh. This This next match was the one I was like... Wow, okay. <laughs> FTR defeat yep. the Young Bucks, retaining the oh. AEW Tag Team Championships. Great match. Yeah. Honestly, Great I, think, I think it was the best match that they've had. In, in the, the two times that they have uh, recently fought, uh-huh. this was the best match.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, yes, yes, I would agree with that. I think back to the first one. Um I agree with that. Um did you catch all the throwbacks to the other two matches in this one?
1: Yes. Uh the one yeah. that I that the one that was super glaring was Cash Wheeler doing the uh, 450.
2: Yes, him doing the 450 and then um, the Young Bucks with the uh the r- roll up that uh or sorry, sorry, uh Dax with the the I forget what type of roll-up, but the, the type of roll-up he did to win the second one.
1: Right, right. Yeah, no, um, there was a lot of storytelling with this one. Uh, the The match itself was fantastic. So many near-falls, so many shatter machines!
2: Yes, there's so many shatter machines. I was uh, joking around this whole match every near-fall. I was like, somewhere Eric Bischoff is screaming at his television.
1: Yeah. No, it was brilliant. Per. Honestly, great, great match. Um, and this is the one that got you the championship because we thought that FTR was going to be dropping, and they didn't.
2: They did not. I just I didn't think that FTR was going to be dropping no matter what unless there was something we didn't know that was just like damning in this case. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole build-up to this, not just FTR but just the top mat- matches, they were saying the first one was for uh, Pride, the second one was for revenge, and the third one is about legacy. And I was like, the Young Bucks have their legacy. FTR is the one that needs...
0: A legacy, yeah.
2: ...what needs to like put a stamp on it, right? Right. And so I was just like, Young Bucks don't need the win. And to me, because you know the court date isn't like this week and All Out is next week. If it's looking bad, let FTR win here, stamp their legacy... And then have them drop the belts at All Out, take care of the legal whatever, and then come back. Like right, right, th- right. That, that that was always my a thought process. Is like, If they feel they have to do something that's going to make them miss TV and may look bad with him being a champion, they can do that in Chicago. Right. Like, Let the big show be FTR's You Are the Next Big – or You Are the Tag Team Right Now.
1: Right, right, right. But um, yeah, no,
2: that was probably one of my favorite matches of the night.
1: You know what? Honestly, same, same. Yeah. Um, we didn't. The audio for the I, I I would say this is my only problem with the all in uh presentation. The crowd sounds dead a lot of the time.
2: Um. Yeah. Like the like they sounded muted. The two things that here's the th- okay. Perhaps, uh, if we're going to talk, I, I'm going to praise and. Degraded. one is the the crowd wasn't mic'd properly. No. Like they didn't have mics throughout. It seemed like they had mic- mics down low, mm-hmm. but not out anywhere else. Yeah, and so it just felt like you could hear them, but they didn't hear that. They weren't didn't seem that loud. Right. But for you, see videos online from the crowd of people recording. Something, it is
1: ridiculously like is, you cannot hear a thing. It is definitely. Like, it is, it is definitely. yeah. Um, My
2: second thing is I don't think they they uh, their music was loud enough. No, it, it wasn't. Off that way. No, it wasn't. It yeah, it came off that way. But I will give them this: their camera shots, perfect. Were like AEW is known for doing some boneheaded transitions Mm -hmm. in between matches. It's like they're about to do a Canadian Destroyer and they cut a little girl in a crowd and they cut back and they're halfway through the move and it's like, why did you cut to the crowd then? Yeah, But here, other than like maybe two times, their crowd shots were beautiful.
1: Yeah, no, they looked magnificent. The only time where I felt that they couldn't get the production right, and rightly so was the Stadium Stampede match, but we'll talk about that next. Um, yeah. Yeah, the reason why I bring up the crowd is that we missed out on some really golden chance, especially involving uh-huh. Cash and a Gun. Yes, I
2: heard that. They were, sing- they were singing, uh, was it Wheeler has a gun or Cash has yeah, a gun? They, yeah, they, they were singing but...
1: like, Wheeler has a gun or yeah. Cash is gonna shoot you and... Stuff like that. I didn't that. hear that. That's yeah, hilarious. Cash I knew there was going like shoe, Wheeler has
2: yeah. a gun. Yeah.
1: Um and then there was that one sign that I believe was uh confiscated where it says uh oh, was it cat oh, was it? It said something about like Wheeler's got a revolver or something like that. Cash has got a revolver. Oh no, FTR, fear the revolver. That's what it was.
2: I saw that too. It was yeah, oh my yeah. lord. It was yeah. All of those were so funny. Yeah, so
1: funny. I loved it. But yeah, no, no. Honestly, one of the best matches of the night. Yes, um, great. Stadium Stampede match. Eddie and friends uh, defeat uh, BCC, Mike Santana and Ortiz. Very chaotic match. Very bloody match. There was a yes. lot going on. Uh, Mox got the
2: skewer scur- uh, spot of yes, all skewer
1: yes, spots. Yes. Like, I've
2: seen those where they hit and, like, you, usually they fall and stuff. This Dude, one pulled. Dude, the whole thing stuck, and then as he moved his head, it just spread out. Mm-hmm. It... Listen, I've seen skewer spots before. That was probably the one that... I mean, it. it's just as bad as any other one you've seen, but because they all held, it looked terrible. Yeah.
1: No, um... There was definitely a lot of blood. Uh, yeah. the, the part where Orange Cassidy pulls out a bucket and, like, an empty glass bottle, smashes the glass bottle in the bucket, wraps his hand in duct tape, but leaves the sticky part out, and then starts shoving his hand in the bucket full of, like, broken glass. I was like, what the heck? Dude, we like, have never
2: seen Orange Cassidy... Go there. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun to see. It adds such a layer to his character.
1: Like, honestly, the match was great. I think it was the worst stadium stampede. But, obviously, stadium stampede are, was usually a cinematic match. That's right. Uh, this is all more there, like an anarchy in the arena. But even then... It, like,
2: it, it was kind of an anarchy. It, it yeah. basically, all yeah. it was was anarchy in the arena, but they were in a stadium, so you can't call, call it, it anarchy it, in the arena. Yeah. So um, I w- I will say this though, Ron, before we move yeah, f- yeah, 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 uh, yeah. forward, you missed the best spot of the match. Oh, when that little white SUV rolls up. Oh, how can I forget? And they go into the back, and she has weapons back there, and one of them is a cooking sheet where she has baked cookies. Exactly. Yeah. No, I that love was that the spot. best one. Is-
1: they pulled out a cookie sheet with cookies and hit them with it. I I that, love I love Choni Shivani's commentary. It was like it's Sue. Yeah, just like it's, like, it's Sue. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! It was so great. It was so great. Oh, can no, we can it, we talk about commentary real quick? Sure. Jr. Just needs to stop. Ooh, going after Jr. Huh? Unfortunately. Alright. given Go, on, he, your rant. Go given on your rant. He is a legend. He is respected. He is admired, and a lot of the commentators uh, today uh, cite him as one of the two guys to watch uh, whenever it comes to wrestling. He came off as a crumudgeony old man that didn't really care to be there. And it really took me out of some of the spots. Like, some of the spots where you should get the classic, like, God" from JR, you you get him just, like, kind of just, like, not giving a damn. And it really took away from uh, a couple of the beginning matches. Because he was out there for a good, maybe three, four matches? until he got traded for Tony Schiavone like midway through the um, the pape yeah I did not it it got to a point with JR that I just like if you're not in it just don't be in it you could could interview people because he's still a great interview Um, but when it comes to commentary I think that everyone else does a better job And he just came off like someone who did not want to be there.
2: Yeah. I will say this. My favorite uh, commentary moment of the night was the pre-show when Jeff Jarrett came out and started... Okay, I'm sorry if we have anybody from England that listens here speaking the truth Mm -hmm. about like uh, uh, wrestling and like how it's like not British wrestling, but like American wrestling, like built it and started talking to all of them mm-hmm. because taz without missing a beat on commentary goes usa you so <laughs> and, and,
1: and, and then taz just goes oh they don't like that here my bad my bad <laughs> taz and honestly I, I, yeah. like taz having taz on commentary has been the best commentary move I remember when he first started
2: in WWE, I didn't like him. I was like, he's okay because he was so stiff. Once he got in his own and started adding, like, color commentating to his actual match knowledge,
1: he's been great. He's yeah. been so good. The chemistry between him and Excalibur and even him yes. and Tony, I, I think yeah. that's the thing that's really missing with JR, is that there's no chemistry with any of them. Yeah, it, it seems like
2: he has a little with Tony and that's it.
1: yeah. But it just, yeah, no. Taz, gem. Uh, Excalibur, obviously, gem. Tony Schiavone, classic, and he's still got it. JR, man, he used to have it. I think he's got to the point where it's like Undertaker. Like, you want him to retire, but you're still happy to see him, but the product that he's putting out is is nowhere near... What you have always imagined him to be.
2: I agree. I agree. So
1: yeah, I I just I had to make that note just because we were talking about Tony Schiavone. Um, but yeah, um, here here is the match that kind of surprised the beans out of me. Okay. Until the opening, until like, the the first opening. Soraya defeats Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, and Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. Can I also gripe about this? I want to gripe about this. You're going to—this is a Ron gripe? One women's match on a card that is supposed to perform in front of 80,000 people, and you only give us one women's match. You're not going to put Chris Statlander on the program. You're not going to put Athena on the program. You're not going to put Willow Nightingale on the program. You're not going to give us like any other like women's match, but you're going to you're going to give us, "Oh, well, there's four women in there. There's like four women and there was like 40 men on this card." Do better. Do better AEW, please. Okay, that's my gripe so
2: okay i'm i'm gonna say something here i agree with you ron however does aew have the women
1: have the have the women have the women's division
2: no that's what i was about to say so let me ask you this ron do you feel that they don't have the talent to warrant multiple matches, or do you feel AEW hasn't put in the creative effort? AEW hasn't put in
1: the creative effort, because honestly, you and I could could do a podcast next weekend, and we could specifically talk about how we would book the AEW women's division a lot better than what that's it's been true. treated as. That's The true, fact that's that true. you and I that's could do true. that, and that's they can't?
2: Like, that's... Yeah. And everyone listening to this podcast, you know, me and Ron's going to uh, book some fire stuff.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Um, I will say this: this match uh, was pretty good. The 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 stomp that Britt Baker Ooh, gave, yeah. Uh, yeah. oh, th- that stomp came out of nowhere, and yeah, oh wow. I also the the breaking, uh, like the outcast, like breaking in this match, I thought was really good. I got to be honest, though, I've heard seen it everywhere. I don't think Paige was the right choice. No. I don't. Th- a bunch of people act like this is going to kill their women's division. I don't think it's going to It's kill not going to kill it. Um, I just think that this, this was, was a moment. Decision. It was meant to be a moment. And listen, I also get the moment. Like some people are like crapping on it. I get the moment. She was never supposed to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. Now she's wrestling in front of 80,000 people in her home country.
1: And become and become champion of an and entire and division, like yes, man, no, like, lo- like I, I love that. I love that they they chose it as a moment. Yes, I, but they I, chose I the didn't... moment over the. Well, the, I no. guess I don't blame AEW because there's no other storyline. Yes. And now that the outcasts are broken
2: up, but one of them has the champion, you have you have uh, Soraya versus Tony Storm, Soraya versus Ruby. You have you know it opens up a lot more matches and a lot more storylines. So I get it, and I love the moment. I just don't know long term if Soraya is going to be the best champion. Soraya is right a,
1: a more household name than any of the other three, unfortunately. If
2: she is, and like, like I said, I get all the reasons they did it. I just don't know if it's going to work out the way they want it to. But I will, gi- I will give it time to play out before I burn AEW because, like like you said, she's the biggest name on the card. She's the hometown girl. You get the hometown pop. You get the new champion pop. You get the queen whatever. music, dude. That was cool. That was that was really rad. That was pretty cool. Um. Yeah, like you get a bunch of cool stuff. Tony also came out to a different song than hers. Uh, oh, I yeah. can't remember. What she no, came I think out to. I think with uh, Tony,
1: she. I think that might be her new theme because the the whole like Catherine Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe uh, sort of character that Tony is I, now portraying. I will I say this: love but, it. I that geez. is I love it.
2: Her throwing shoes at the interviewer, her asking security to take the interviewer away when they ask a question she doesn't like. The next week, the interviewer just uh, putting her hair in a ponytail, and then Tony acts like it's a total new person. Like, this is. I don't know what Tony tapped into, but it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm it's here for so it. It's so great. It's so great. But I think I'm just upset because. Uh... Sheeta didn't win, and I, I Sheeta needs. Oh my god! Like Sheeta was uh, the champion during a time where there was no fans, and Sheeta performed literally performed in front of eighty thousand people, and it's like, man, Sheeta. This
2: is the this the reason I think they gave her the belt. I don't think it was for a run. I think it's like, hey, we're gonna make you the champion, so that you are champion in front of our biggest crowd. Since you were not able to be in front of cha- the champion in front of anyone, right? I, I think this was a hey, we're going to put you in this match, make you the champion going in as a thank you for I just, everything I, you did. I,
1: I just hope that Sheeta gets more, more. Me to too. Do, I, 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 lo- I yeah, I love Sheeta. Sheeta's awesome. Yeah the 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 Panini era where Sheeta was champion. Oh my gosh, banger after banger after banger. Yeah, no, she yeah. she she carried the thing. Um. Darby and Sting defeat uh, Swerve and Cage in a coffin match. So I thought this match was going to be
2: shorter than it was, and it was not.
1: I thought and, so too.
2: Man, the spots with that casket. Brutal. Um, Loved it. St- how, dude, when, the, okay, when Sting did the, the uh, scorpion death drop there, that's fine. Yeah. Sting at one point got slammed onto that coffin. Yeah. That is a, what, 52? 52? 50, seven-year-old man how is someone that is something
1: i think he's 60 something
2: even worse how is a man that's 60 something taking those spots listen i understand sting can't go like he used to sting can go better than any wrestler i've seen his age right and it is just so impressive to watch yeah like it is so because he is making the most out of every little spot or little moment he has and it just dude there is he just knows how to find the moments in a match Mm -hmm. and yeah I just yeah god bless Sting man god bless yeah
1: no and Darby Allen is a maniac There, there was a point where I literally thought that edge was gonna appear really yeah, so you know when they... Okay, so I thought that the coffin looked kind of weird because it was sitting on like a table or something like that at first. I thought the bottom was gimmicked. And oh. when they leaned it up on on the apron, I had a feeling that someone was going to sneak under the, the gimmicked uh, bottom in that when you... Uh, let's just say Christian Cage opens the uh, the coffin, uh, about to put either Darby or Sting in there, and he sees Edge uh, in the coffin instead. Huh. I would have loved
2: that. <laughs> that would have been a crazy way to bring in Edge, but yeah.
1: Yeah. That'd be be pretty cool. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought the uh, bottom of the the coffin was gimmicked but yeah no darby darby and sting win sting uh trying to break the table the first time didn't successfully do it did the second time oh sting shouldn't be doing these things he should not man he He should uh, that dude yeah no fantastic can we talk about how Chris Jericho uh how Fozzie played at Wembley for over 80,000 people?
2: Yeah. Uh, listen, I know a bunch of people are gonna, uh, probably craft on Jericho for that cuz they love doing that. But dude, like if you had show, the chance to play at Wembley this in front of 80,000 people, this whole show to me, I think the reason I liked it so much is cuz it like okay, yes, CM Punk was there and blah blah blah. Yeah. Joe never wrestled at WrestleMania. Right. And Which now we, he got I, I, will,
1: I will get into that in a second, but
2: yeah. Yeah, and now, and now he got to do this. Like, the Young Bucks were told they couldn't uh, pull 10,000, and now they're doing 80,000. Like, there are so many people on this card that are not supposed to be wrestling for 80,000 people. Or they at least were told they weren't. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, everything about this show is kind of heartwarming for me just to think about... How many dreams came true in one night? Right. And Jericho wanting to be a rock star and a wrestler and got to do like be a rock star, like you said, in Wembley. And that is then something that you will. Wrestled.
1: You know that he's going to use that in a promo for the rest of his life. He's like, my band played at Wembley in front of eighty thousand yeah. people. Yeah, That's, I, I would do the same.
2: I would do the same. And then also. I wasn't sure how a Will-Osprey-Jericho match would go, right? <laughs> Same. Um, it was amazing. And once again, Jericho it, it's like Sting, where he's doing moves that it's like, you're 52, you shouldn't be doing these moves. Right. The move that were like... Um, Osprey had him in the Stormbringer, rolled him, and Jericho like landed... And did like a flipping Hurricane Rana kind of Canadian destroyer move? I understand that Will Osprey, you know, you have to have a dance partner to do that. Will Ospreay
1: strong, quick, and all that. But
2: still, at, at Jericho's age, that was
1: ridiculous. That this was honestly my surprise match of the night. Yes, like uh, listen, Jericho's awesome. Will Ospreay
2: right now is on a tear. Will like, Osprey
1: is one of the greatest wrestlers right now
2: yes agreed but like i wasn't sure if a lot of cause will Osprey has slowed down some you know to like make things better smoother blah 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 mm-hmm. i didn't think he would do a lot of high flying stuff because
1: i didn't think chris it, it was not the jericho he, it was not the jericho moveset
2: yes but, and like i said because at jericho's age yeah Dude, Jericho did, like I said, there's like two to three moves that Jericho did that I'm like, holy crap, dude, at your age, you shouldn't be doing we this. We literally
1: got Lionheart Jericho without
2: the yes, branding. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. He didn't have the ring gear, but the Lionheart showed up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, we got the Lionheart. We didn't get the Ocho. We didn't get the Painmaker. We, we got Lionheart. And yeah. gosh, it was a banger. Now... Let's talk about this real quick. We we just we we led this for we led the podcast talking about Bray. The fire the the call about the fly the fireflies are out at night, and this is when the like Wembley actually got dark because most of the matches were in the daytime. That was so touching, and the fact that uh, House of Black came out with uh with the lantern. The lantern yeah 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 real 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 touching because bray was the first to put the macabre put the horror into uh modern modern wrestling other than the undertaker um and we we see it all the time with uh, the house of black so yeah fantastic um and house of black dressed in all white
2: it was so weird to see them in all white, especially Malachi.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I thought, um, I thought the match was okay. It was, it was the, what it the, needed to be. I think the match was like, you just got Chris Jericho and Will yeah. Ospreay putting on a banger. Let's, yeah. let's pump it down a bit. Let's regulate everyone's heart. And then let's hit them with the finale. The acclaimed defeat the House of Black for the AEW yeah. trios titles and the stipulation was that it was a no holds barred match and involved uh Julia Hart getting scissored. Uh
2: Ron, can we, can we say that on the podcast?
1: Yeah. Because Are that's you sure? li- that's literally what happened. Okay, okay I Julia mean Julia Hart but, got scissored by Anthony Bowens. Well okay. You
2: see there you had to add Anthony Bowens, and can we add that it was scissor me timbers? I don't um, want the FAC to, to cancel you, Ron.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Scissor Me Timbers, uh, to, Scissor Me Timbers. Uh, to Julia Hart. Um, there you go. I literally thought that this was going to be Badass Billy Gunn's retirement match, but I am glad I, that he has a belt again. I
2: am agreed because all his promos, even he was acting like this is the last
1: this thing. Is, this you is know? the last hurrah. And what yeah. better way to go out in front of Wembley? Yeah, exactly. But, well, I mean, also winning a championship... At Wembley Stadium? Yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty fun. Pretty, pretty, pretty nice. But yeah, so, no, great. Great for you.
2: And then we have the main event.
1: Now, oh my gosh. Uh, wow. This, yeah. Um, so, this is possibly, th- I, I, I'm going to just lead off with this. I am so sorry. Go ahead. This is probably the best main event. Out of any pay per view that uh, that they've had, uh, that AEW has had, that AEW has had, oh, any main event, any 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 main event. Okay, wait, I've just uh, ron Okay, stop the
2: press. Stop. Uh, the let, let me
1: let me think. So, let me think real quick. Um, okay, because I can,
2: I can name a few that I'm curious if you think it's better than or not.
1: Uh, you know what? Let, let me let me rephrase. Let me rephrase best main event of the year because still nothing tops omega hangman for me okay
2: um, well also also you said best one of the year are you saying that you think this main event was better than daniel sent mjf iron man match
1: dang you know what i completely forgot that that
2: was a match that's the first one that popped in my head whenever you're like this is the best match they've done this year i was like
1: mm. you know what yeah second best
2: I will say this, this is the most fun main event they've had this year
1: yeah yeah,
2: because uh, like okay, this match to me was basically MJF and Adam Cole just said oh, you like Roman Reigns storytelling matches? cool, we got you yeah because like, the match starts uh, they do a few moves. They go outside the ring. They both put on better than you, baby, shirts and hug. Yeah. Um. They start the match. They go. You, you know. You tell the story. MJF isn't willing to do this, but Adam Cole is. Now Adam Cole isn't uh, uh uh willing to do something. Is MJF and he goes back and forth. They uh they do the double clothesline, knock each other out. Um. And, and gave it, it
1: gave it a double double finish.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's a draw. They do the whole five more minutes thing uh as a callback. Uh it keeps going. You have MJF almost hitting him with the ring, but not the, you know, just just all this stuff. Uh, uh Roddy comes out, tries to get Adam Cole to hit him with the belt. Just just so there's much so much
1: great story Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh like I couldn't get enough of it. It was yeah. literally just sitting there. Like, in a will-they-won't-they. Yeah. Will-they-won't-they. I will say this. uh, Like,
2: once they did the small package as the ending, Mm -hmm. for a small second, I was like, but it's the main event. Why are you going to do a small package? But then everything else that they did afterwards made up for it. Because the whole, like, MJF, like, handing him the RH time, like, it's okay, buddy, you still have this, you know? Yeah. And him, like, throwing it away.
1: And then and, MJF losing his mind is like it was never about me. It was about the belt. You want the belt, then you could have it.
2: Yeah, you can have it through the belt. At him turned around like basically, he's, like hit me with the belt and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and then listen, we fantasy booked forever about how Adam Cole should turn on MJF, not MJF on him. Blah blah blah. But they swerved us by not swerving us.
1: And they went and, with like. No matter what, friendship wins. They gave us the friendship wins ending.
2: They gave us the friendship wins ending.
1: And so now they're ROH tag
2: champions, and Better Than You Bebe is still a thing. Which, I will say this, Ron. I don't think that was the original way they were going. I don't think so either. I think they were going to go for someone to turn. And I think th- this got over. After they did the first a uh, little, uh, uh,
1: the little vignette. backstage segment, yeah, the
2: vignette, yeah, and then I think the next one got bigger, and the next one got bigger and better. Than You baby shirt started selling like crazy, and then they did double clothesline and double clothesline chance started getting over. And I think
1: kangaroo kicks got over.
2: Yes, they now have a kangaroo kick shirt. Um, I just think that everything is getting over. Merch is selling like crazy. And I think Tony was like... This might be this the best, this.
1: weirdest tag team since the Rock and Sock connection.
2: Yes. And I think he just realized he's like... Money. We, w- yes. He's he's like, he's like, there's too much money here. We can turn y'all later. We're not doing it now. Right. And I truly think the, the next ROH event, I don't remember where it is or anything, but I think it's in October, I th- want to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guarantee you the main event of that ROH event will be the kingdom versus Better Than You, baby. That would be cool. Because I think they will main event the next ROH event as tag champions.
1: Mm-hmm. Man. What what a... Man. What a decision. Yeah. And I know, like, honestly, if rarely, because I know that uh, we fantasy booked the double turn. Yeah. I like this better.
2: I I like it just because it feels out of the box. Yeah. Um. Because, like... We're in an, an era Trey where we're, like,
1: usually thinking, oh, when are they gonna break up? Oh, yes. will, will they... Can they coexist? And they're both challenging for the same title, and you're thinking, yeah. oh, yeah, one's gonna betray the other. But yeah, at the end of the night, both of them are still friends? Yeah, it's... It's it was a
2: good move. It was a good move. Now, I will say this. I was thinking about this other day, Ron.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think AEW needs to realize their best stories and the way this company runs is off of friendship. Right. And the reason I say that is this. This storyline was all about friendship. Will it break up? Will they be together? The hangman long-term storyline was all about friends leaving him. And he needs, and he has to find new friends and those new friends give him the strength he needs to take on his old friends and all of that. I think the best AEW storylines are about friendship.
1: I love that. I love that a lot. I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think it's about time that this company realizes that's like, Hey, the storylines that your fans gravitate to are the friendship ones, whether it's friendship breaking up, whether it's friendship remaining, whatever. It's all about like the friendship and the friends we make along the way. Is it's what, yeah. This why can't best friends be like,
1: like AEW tag team champions? If we're going to talk about friendship, they're the best friends.
2: That's another story. line about friendship is the whole like orange Cassidy in them. And then and, Wheeler the Yuda, and yeah and really you, that was another friendship storyline. Friendship. It's Like I said, they have a bunch of friendship storylines and they all work. Mm -hmm.
1: I guess we really resonate with being friends. We don't resonate with violence. We resonate with friendship. That's right. Yeah. So literally, friends, just be friends. Just be friends. Just just be friends. Just be friends. You know who's not being friends, though? Who's that? (laughs) Corey Matthews Punk.
2: Okay, I guess we have to talk about this before we leave. Yeah, for a little bit. Okay. Um, let's just go... Here, let's just do this. I'll say what was reported. Uh, you said earlier about the uh, uh, Jungle Jack Perry boy. Um, he said the line about the broken glass. Yeah. Supposedly, there was a some other spot he was going to do with glass, and Punk was advising him, hey, don't use real glass. You know, you, you'll get messed up. You know, just use the, the the gimmick glass. And apparently, I guess that rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah. And so he said the line. Well, apparently after the match was over, he went to the back. Punk got in his face and asked, do we have a problem? And there are two different versions of the story. One version is Jack Perry said some stuff back to him and like shoved him and started it. Another one is that Jack Perry said something and then Punk started the fight. Um, There've also been reports that at some point Punk got in a fight with Miro. Those have all been debunked. Um, It has now come out that maybe during their fight, monitors got knocked over onto Tony Khan and Samoa Joe came and broke up the fight. Um,
1: The only thing that was believable, like truly 110% believable is that Joe broke up the fight. I agree. I agree. Because I think what Um, the report said is, like, Samoa Joe was pissed because uh, that meant that if anything were to happen, he wouldn't be wrestling at Wembley.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also with Joe being a former bouncer, he knows how to end fights.
2: Yes, he does. Which also makes the,
1: (laughs) the move where Joe caught
2: Punk... Bust him through the table and then flip him off makes that almost seem like maybe that wasn't in character. Maybe that was actually Joe ticked off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there, there's a bunch of stuff out there that are being debunked in this. In fact, they even said both of them are suspended, and now it's come out that CM Punk has not been uh, contacted by AW to say that he was he's suspended yeah so no, no one knows if they are or aren't suspended. Uh, like there's so much stuff up in the air right now. All I want to say is this: CM Punk is a known shitster, and he has done some stuff in this company that is very questionable. Jack Perry took that shot. See, I'm not saying CM Punk should have gotten a fight with him over it. But if you look at the bare bones of this, an old wrestler is trying to tell a new one, hey, don't use real glass, use gimmick glass so that you don't get messed up. And he got mad about that. I understand Punk may not have said it in the nicest way or whatever, but that's still somebody looking out for a younger wrestler. And then to take that and take a shot Not once again, not saying Punk is in the right. I'm just saying it shows a lot of immaturity on Jack Perry's part.
1: Mm -hmm. I think, I think when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, and I highly doubt that this is the only like real altercation that's been going on. It's just we don't hear about the others. Oh, yeah, no, I I heard that before the Muffin Meltdown, him and Jack Perry got
2: into it about some other stuff yeah, in the past. Yeah,
1: like, I think there's, there's history behind that. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like, widely publicated that CM Punk isn't well-liked in AEW. And it's also widely publicated that um, there's a... Collision was basically a way for AEW to get money off of CM Punk's name.
2: Yes, uh, for them to not just have
1: to pay him out. Right. We'll we'll keep an eye on what happens because I mean, this this happened. This is happening a lot. And oh, also, did you hear about the reports that? There, were, there was no one there to pick up CM, uh, CM Punk at the airport, so he had to ride the train.
2: Yes, and apparently there are pictures of him with fans on the train. Yep. So yeah, no, that, I is on, true. That, is true. that is true. Which, listen, listen, if I was a Punk, I would be a little upset about that as well.
1: Yeah, just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with the whole punk thing and the AEW thing and punk saying like, Oh, I hate this company and all of that stuff. And it's just, there's a lot of reports going out, but if there's two things that we know that we could like put, put our hand on a book, uh, is that CM Punk rode a train to get to his destination and that Jack Perry used real glass. (laughs) That's the only two things we know. Oh, and
2: Samojo broke up a fight. And Samojo broke up a fight, because that's believable. All I'm saying is, if CM Punk is done, right? Mm -hmm. I think you need a fake segment... Of Samoa Joe just beating the crap out of a CM Punk lookalike alike yeah. and like breaking his legs and all of this stuff. I would
1: love and- for Jack Perry to do a vignette with a uh, CP Monk. Oh Jesus! I would love for Jack Perry to have a segment with Cole Cabana. Oh my lord! Literally, like I'm so oh, tired of this punk shit.
2: <laughs> I just I, I listen. Great wrestler. I lo- great wrestler. Yeah great wrestler, but I'm tired of the backstage. Person. Yeah. I'm tired of the backstage shenanigans. Yeah. And like I said, I even think that Jack Perry is more so in the
1: wrong. No, no, he point. is. He is.
2: But uh, it's it's just, it, I hate that it's always him, you know? I hate that it's always him.
1: Yep. But then again, you know, CM Punk is, uh, CM Punk could talk that ish, but he can't ever take it. It seems that way. I, yeah. I don't know. All I know is we'll know by
2: the end of the week if he is suspended, fired, quit, Jack Perry should just what?
1: text CM Punk. My bad. I'm sorry. LOL. Oh, yeah. my God. Just I'm tired of it. Um, That's the show. That is I know. Show. I know we ran. I think a little long. Yeah, we ran a little long. But, I but think there was, was a lot to cover. There was lots of cover, and it's a good it's a good stopping point. We 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 had some sads. We we had some laughs. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think next week we won't be here. i want to say. Uh, that that's
2: probably correct with yeah. it being a holiday and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Um, Ace will be in Seattle, I believe, for PAX. Um, yep. I will not have internet because I will have uh, moved to the Dallas area, um, and you are still on Baby Watch 2023. I am on Baby Watch 2023. So I think we're I think we're taking a break next week. If if there's anything that comes out, then uh, awesome. But if not, that's okay to take 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 next week. Go look at Bray Wyatt matches. Go look at Terry Funk matches rewatch the the raw with uh bob barker um there's there's a whole bunch of content for you to consume uh other than our own but if you do want to consume more of our content you can feel free and uh find us on instagram and x uh at quick uh you can find us on facebook at the quick pop podcast uh you could even uh check us out privately uh ace of spades card at ace of spades card on instagram uh, Jacob Derek Six, if I'm correct, on Instagram, right? That's right. And then you can find me i.am.Ronchi uh, on Instagram. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the uh, the show. Uh, we again tell people that you love them. Tell give give people their flowers while they're still alive. And we don't mean this figuratively. We mean go out and buy
2: flowers go, and give people buy flowers. Give people flowers.
1: Like, just be good people. And then, as the great Bob Barker once said, spay and neuter your pets. This is the Quick Pop Podcast.
0: Make sure that you're following us on all of our social medias, including Twitter at Quick Pop Cast, facebook at the quick pop podcast and instagram as well at the quick pop podcast any of those are great ways to reach out to the host of the show and we'd love to talk to you as well we are constantly speaking on current events and would love to hear your opinions on stuff too so get in touch with us today